Hey, listen to Commander Cook Up Podcast, episode 113. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan. Today we're going to continue the arc of the love of the losers with the Control Tron deck. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What's going down? A whole lot is going down. We're going to get back on the bike with episode, what is this, four or five of X? In the arc of the lovable losers, we're going to tackle two archetypes that we don't talk about very often for good reason, but we're going to combine them together in order to make something that's unique that I think a lot of people are going to look at and go, uh, but then when they hear what it's supposed to do and kind of see how the deck plays, I think that they're going to get really excited about it. Yes. (laughs) That's, I think, twice this arc where you've, you've said it and I just don't have to say anything. Excellent. Okay, moving to the show. Just okay. no, yeah, no, no. no, let's get to the uh, back. No, you call it a Controltron? Controltron. You're not even playing Tron. That's because I'm playing Voltron. But Control. But with Control. Uh, so, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Con- um, control decks can have a like a finisher. So your your finisher for your control deck is your commander or some other form of like assemble and kill in one shot? Yes. Okay. So it's like a Voltron deck. Yes. But it's a control deck. Yes. Controltron. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it easier than saying all the other stuff that you said. Controltron. I like that. We could put that on a shirt. You know, we were on the way literally going up the stairs to the radio station studio. We were talking about just like wanting like a sweatshirt or a t-shirt that just says Magic the Gathering on it like they did back in like 97. Oh, that'd be nice. And yeah. now they're all like YOLO or Yoink or Power or You Only Live Once or yeah. like the Black Mana symbol or the Planeswalker. Like nothing just says Magic on it. Or any of the gruel things or the Planeswalker symbol or that Lotus that they did for the 25th anniversary. Why can't it just say Magic the Gathering on the front or, or on the back? Or Control Tron. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if it said Control Tron, that wouldn't solve the problem that you and I are having. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it might because it would be branded for us and it would have our logo on the back. You, yeah. yeah. But no mention of Magic the Gathering or what the hell Control Tron is so we don't get sued. Yeah, that, that, that. Because getting sued is actually the worst. Yeah, I never want to get sued. No, you ever been sued? No. No, nah, me neither. No, I'm, I'm trying hard not to get sued. Although, Kyla has her own business now. She could easily get sued. Yeah, she could get sued. Or, in this case, she's had a guy that hasn't paid her. Uh-oh. So, like, maybe maybe we have to sue. Maybe we have we- to go to his house and rough him up a little bit with a Max Crandell's playmat <laughs> with a pipe inside of it. <laughs> we haven't made a Max Crandell joke in, like, months. I know. and his pa- I actually got my very own puby playmat. Oh, yeah. From the boys over at Commander's Brew. So, thank you to, to Sean and Andy for sending that off to me. Oh, and not oh. wanting to keep that sweet playmat. Hold on. I'm the king of segues. Ooh. Speaking of the Commander's Brew guys, oh. we have a deck giveaway that was built by them. Oh! I'm the, I'm the best. That was excellent. Um, Alesha, who smiles at death or artifacts, as they say on their episode 162, they are still shouting out us because we're giving this deck away. You just like... Go to our YouTube channel where you'll see some new open flippy videos pretty quick. Yeah, we got uh, we got prize packs. We got we got some bad packs, and then I opened them, and then I bought <laughs> yeah. some more bad packs. <laughs> yeah. Can I tell the story? Sure. Can I tell the story? I'm gonna find the rare real quick, and then I'll tell the story. Okay, so I saved four packs for us to open flippy on YouTube 
for with with all of our CCO friends. And let me just say the Ravnica Allegiance were among the air quotes bad packs. Yes. And oh my god. And I so I op- I had four left and I was looking at them like I hate packs. I hate packs. I hate them and I don't want them in the house. So I just open them. Cuz so I was guaranteed these are the ones that have the good stuff. This is my foil stomping ground. This is my foil everything. This is it. These are my my four packs are all going to contain four foil skewers. Yes. Cuz that's you you haven't got one yet, yeah, right? The, not not a single one. In like so. 40 packs. In 40 packs at least. Okay. So Continue. I crack all four of them. Zero skewers. <laughs> still. And I got three. Three. Font of Agony. That's the black enchantment. Uh, is that, that card's not terrible. Whenever you lose life. No, whenever you pay life, you get blood counters on it. And then you can remove blood counters to destroy creatures. Yeah. That's fine. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's <laughs> awful. The art is incredible, but the card itself is just the shit. Yeah. I opened three of them in four packs. What the hell? Well, maybe if anybody's trying to make a whole set. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Joel needs them. Maybe. <laughs> nah, he opened like seven boxes. <laughs> oh, I didn't get any skewer the critics out of that either. I bet you he didn't either. He's probably got one. He's probably got one. <laughs> I can't even give you a set, dude. I only got one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Oh, man. Anyways, um, yeah, there's going to be some new open flippy videos. We're going to record them today. And um, if you go on there, like us, subscribe, leave us a comment. You get yourself entered into the Alesha Who Smiles at Artifacts list that you can see and or hear on Commander's Brew episode 162. You can also be entered by getting in on punching the like button in the faces. A bunch of people hold its arms and escort it out of the ring after it tackles Breath of Hitman Heart. Yes, that'd be okay. Yeah, it's a thing. Good on you, Dash. And uh, last thing, the about the Commander's Brew, they launched their Battle of the Brews. I watched it. Uh, it was actually funny. Yeah, it was very I had a good time watching that. That was, that was pretty cool. Sweet. Truth be told, I don't usually like watching gameplay videos because I'd rather be playing Magic, but I did enjoy that quite a bit. Andy and Sean are funny. They're funny guys. And if they don't come to Vegas, they suck. Good one. I got them. Yeah, yeah, got them. <laughs> That's the next big thing we're going to, right? Vegas? It's in August? Yes, sir. Sweet. That's the next big one. I think we got a local one coming up here in like June or something. That's fine. That'll be good, dude. Moving on. Moving along. You want to ram through social media coordinates and we'll do some shout outs? Oh, yeah. I forgot all about social media coordinates. We are CCO Podcast and CCO Brando on Twitter and tappedout.net. That's where you can see this week's list, last week's list, next week's list, and any other list that we talk about throughout the course of the show. We're commandercookout at gmail.com. That's where you can send us love mail, hate mail, show suggestions. Your decks for the upcoming Arc of Audience version 2. Oh, baby. We got lists, let me tell you. That is awesome. Uh, but no nudes. We did get nudes on our Discord. We'll t- touch on that in a second. Excellent. You can also find us anywhere your better podcasts are found. That's your Spotify, your iTunes, your Google Play, your Google Machine, Podbean, Podomatic, where we are still trying to achieve the number one spot on the entire site. We are very close. You can also find us at FlipSideGaming.com where you can use special promo code CCOFU to get 10% off your entire order store-wide. Or if I went over that too fast, missed something, or said something that you didn't understand, you can find a full written list of all of our social media coordinates at our official, official home on the entire internet, CommanderCookout.com. Yes. Yeah, man. Uh, Flipside Gaming, you can order your War of the Spark pre-orders and... We have a set review coming up next week for that. Yeah, we do. I, 
Should we pull back the curtain and tell them that we're going to record it today before the actual spoilers are all done because Easter's effing with our timetable? Yes. Holidays suck. My whole family lives in a different city and we record on the weekends and that is just, it makes it difficult. So we're going to record the bonus episode today. We're going to be missing, I'm assuming, Ugin and if the red god from Amonkhet comes back as a zombie, he's not spoiled yet. Eh, maybe by the time we get there, like in a couple hours from now, maybe it'll all be up. Yeah, maybe it'll <laughs> maybe it'll be spoiled. Maybe somebody'll leak it and we can get on that. But Yeah, for sure. Anyways, yeah, if if we miss it and you want to buy it, I mean Flipside Gaming, promo code CCOFU, help your boys out. That gives us a little bit of a a, a kickback, I guess, so we can Keep the lights on? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. The lights are currently off if you watch the pre-show. Yeah. Well, we got lots of sunshine, so it's fine. Yes. Natural light is the best light. Yes. Okay. Shout outs. Shout outs. We got some new patrons. We've got Chris Snyder. Schneider? Snyder. It's Snyder, I think. There's no like a CH. Snyder. Schneider. I remember saying... Well, on the pre-show, I said something about, like, Schneebly. We had a different Schneider that we called Schneebly because I knew a guy in university that was called Schneebs. Schneebs. But this is, like, Schneebly 2. Schneebly 2 Hyper Schneeb? Yes. Yeah, I like that. Hyper Schneeb. Hyper Schneeb. Chris, Hyper Schneeb. I like it. Good. Next one. Andrew Fagelli. Sounds Italian, but it's not spelt Italian. Hmm. I want to make, like, a spaghetti joke. We could definitely make a spaghetti joke here. I want to make a spaghetti joke in reference to part of his body. Like his hair? Nope. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. Andrew Spaghetti. You know what that means. I got it. Yeah. David Grinis? 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 He used to be a patron, was going through some tough times, but now he's back. Welcome back. Uh, we can either we can go two ways here. Yes. If he wants to keep the hard times going, we can call him Grind Ass. Yes. Or if he want, he was a little bit. Uh, he wasn't as hard on that idea. Wanted to be a little softer. We could call him Grim Ass. I like Grind Ass. Yeah, Grind Ass is pretty good. That is actually how I'll remember it. Yes. Yep. Okay. Final shout out, Devin Carrier. Now we actually met Devin Carrier in Calgary, and. He came over and was like, I recognize F.U. Joel. He gave me a sticker. <laughs> so then we met him and jammed a game, and he played today's Commandy, which wow. we haven't even said yet, have we? Uh, we mentioned it. No, actually. No. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. F today's Commander. We'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin Carrier. Uh, we looked up cards with Carrier in their name. The best one is definitely Carrier Pigeon. Yeah, there was like Maggot Carrier, Carrier Pigeon, Carrier Thrall, and there's yeah. one more. Carrier pigeon because he's wearing a little backpack. He's a little backpack and it draws a card and it's white. In a little in alliances. Yep. What? Yep. Devon oh. carrier pigeon. Flyers that draw you cards in alliances. Wow. Alliances had some powerful stuff, man. That's where Force of Will was. That's true. Yeah. Those are the only two good cards. Yeah. Force and carrier pigeon. Oh, and Lake of the Dead. Nah, Lake of the Dead isn't even that good. It's <laughs> yeah. Tr- send all your Lake of Deads to uh, our our podcast address. We'll gladly burn them in a fire for you. Absolutely. We'll just make a big pile of them. Just just have them. Yeah. They, yeah. Just save your space. Yeah, for sure. All of those patrons, big big thank you. You're welcome to our our new patron only Discord. Ooh. It's popping. It is actually more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I thought it was going to be just nothing and be like, oh, this kind of sucks. 
But yeah, people are in there. They're guiding conversation. They're meeting each other. They're giving each other fus. They're hanging. It's 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 awesome. Yeah. So thanks you all for being there and, and making this such a success for for us. Yeah, they actually want to come and like be a part of our Discord instead of like whatever shitty Discord they used to be on. Awesome. They can probably still be on those. They ones, can but be on both. But f those other ones come to ours. Yeah, we're included, and that's awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, you had mentioned upcoming arc of audience. Mm-hmm. We do have a preferred deck list. Um channel on our discord if you're not part of the discord or don't have access to the channel or whatever you can email them in we do check them all just we're not getting back to all of the deck list submissions immediately because there is lots of them there are tons that are coming in and we do look at every single one so if you send it to the the gmail address commander who code gmail.com just that's cool. We look at every list that comes in. Every list will be considered. Yeah, for sure. And if you missed that, because uh, my zipper touched the microphone, sorry. <laughs> and sorry for that in editing. Ah, you <laughs> son of a bitch. So, deck today, who are we getting to? This has been a long intro. We haven't even said. Alphabetically, he's first on the list. He's Eryxmethes, the slumbering isle. Oh, man, I love this card. Now, he, I didn't know that... I forgot that the guy that we met played Eryxmethes. Yeah. Now that you're saying it, I'm like, yeah, I do remember that. But there was another guy that we played. I told him, I talked about him last episode where we had uh, that sliver game where I scumbagged everybody with the tooth and nail. Not the same guy? Not the same guy. What? Different guy. Played Eryxmethes, but he was just hosed. He was just totally hosed the whole time. And this is the deck that I had pictured in that pile next to him. Because he said, yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's a hardcore control deck, and like it just I didn't get enough land to really get it going. Dang. And I was like, what could it have been? <laughs> what this, could it have been? Let's, so, gi- let's give him a read. Let's give him a read. Okay, Eryxmethes, the Slumbering Isle, is a 12-12 Kraken for green-blue 2. 12-12 for 4. Wow. This is good already. Enters the battlefield tapped. Less good. With five slumber counters on it. Okay. As long as Eryxmethes has a slumber counter on it, it's a land. This is terrible now. How do we get those off? What do we do? Cast a spell, remove, you may, that's very important, you may remove a slumber counter to counter from Eryxmethes. I actually had this deck built at one point and didn't know it was a may. (laughs) (laughs) And you have a tap to add green, blue to your mana pool. So, when you cast him... You cast your land. Lands can use the stack. Yeah. <laughs> when you cast him for four, he enters the battlefield tapped, and then you can tap him for two. Well, he's he's tapped, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. he comes into play tap, but like the next turn. Yeah. So he's like a mana rock. Essentially, yeah. That's harder to kill because he's a land. Right. And land overwrites all other things. So he, like, once he's on the battlefield, he's not in, like, a creature at all. That's right. He's just a land. It's funny that land overwrites things so much that if you copied him with a Phyrexian Metamorph, the Phyrexian Metamorph would also just be a land. It wouldn't even be an artifact until the Phyrexian Metamorph has all the counters removed and becomes a creature. Then it becomes an artifact as well. Huh. So your Phyrexian Metamorph is not even an artifact when you copy with this. Wow. It's, it's weird that that land um, ability supersedes things so hard. Yeah, yeah. He, can, he can't can't target him with like clone effects unless he's on the stack and he's not a creature yet. Like, he's got some interesting interactions. He sure does. And I guess that when I lo- I actually looked at edhrec.com for this list to kind of try and spicy it up because I Ooh. figured there's only going to be so many ways you can build something that's a land. 
and I went down the list really fast. Sea Monster Tribal is the name of the game with the Rick Smithies. Yeah, and you know what? I have a note here. Um, spicy because we're not doing Sea Monster Tribal. I, we save our our Sea Monster Tribal for Zer the Enchanter list. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to CCO Nation. There's, I think, two other sea creatures in the deck. And one of them is not there because he's a sea creature. He's there because he's a goddamn house. Both of them that are there are, are good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, I, I know the two that you're talking about. Yeah, man. So I used to have this. It was controlly and use Eryxmethes as a finisher. I think that's what you're doing as well. Yes. Uh, I'm going for controlly, open up an opening for Eryxmethes to go through, and then you just pound in with him and win. Yes. And the only thing that... that we're going to have to watch out for in this list in particular when I was looking at it is he's got 12 power. Yeah. So he's a two-hit chump, two-pump chump, but you don't have anything to give him double strike or double his power or nothing, so you're going to have to get two hits. Yes. So you've got some like tap-type effects and some counter spells and stuff that are going to help you with that. That is also correct. Okay. Um, should we get into it? Yes, we should. Okay, as we are wont to do, we're going to start with creatures. We're going to try and lump some of them together because there are some, there is some redundancy here. And once we get into the specifically the enchantment section, you're going to see why that redundancy exists. Redundancy is good in Commander, FYI. Okay, we have Blossom Dryad, Baduka Gardener, Crozen Restorer, Hope Tender, Magus of the Candelabra, Stone Cedar Herophant. Oh my god, what do those all do? They untap your land. So you tap them or you pay some amount of mana to untap some amount of lands. They untap your land. Your your land that is your commander. Yeah. What? <laughs> and some of them do have other effects. Actually, Badoka Gardner puts a land into the battlefield. Right. Yes, that's fine. Whatever. And then if you have enough land, you can turn him over to make X X's where X is the number of land you control. Yeah, so those will untap your Eryxmethes, but they'll also function as ramp. You'll Let's say you tap your forest, you tap your Blossom Dryad to untap your forest, and then you tap your forest again. That's right, or you tap your hey, Eryxmethes, you tap your Blossom Dryad to tap your Eryxmethes again. Yes, and then you get four mana from Eryxmethes. What about Arbor Elf? I didn't even think of that. Uh, he was on the... He's on the thing. The He's stock on the list on stock EDH, list. right? Yeah, balls yeah, that. that guy. So I tried to keep them to a low, a little bit. Hope Tender, you can untap one land. You can untap two land. Crows and Restore, you untap a land. If you have Threshold, you untap three land. Magus the Candelabra, you tap X and him to untap X land. And what was the last one? Stone Cedar Hero Fant is whenever a land comes into play under your control, you untap her, and you can tap her to untap a land. Oh. Yeah, so you could, like, landfall... Like, tap Eryxmethes, untap Eryxmethes. Exactly. That's probably fine. You could play a land, you could, like, untap a land, play a land, untap her, untap a land, tap the land, play Eryxmethes, untap her, untap Eryxmethes, yeah. tap her, play something else. It's awesome. So you've also got a Seedborn Muse, and you've got the 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 Liege from... Um, Eventide. The, yeah, the Merkfiend Liege. Both of those untap your creatures, and, and I guess the all your lands for Seedborn Muse at the end of each turn. Yeah, uh, Seedborn Muse untaps all your stuff at the beginning of each other player's untap step, and the uh, Merkfiend Liege makes your dudes bigger, blue-green, blue creatures bigger, blue creatures bigger, green creatures bigger, everybody's bigger, and untap all green and or blue creatures you control during each other player's untap step. Very good. So get your lands, get your stuff untapped, it's super good. Okay, now, 
sea creatures. You got two of them. Let's let's hammer them out right now. And let's do the other big guy in there as well because that's the alternate win condition, I think. So yes. let's look at the sea creatures and the other big big dumb idiot. Okay, we got Chasm Skulkers, sea creature number one. Yeah, one one for three. Whenever you draw a card, you put a plus one counter on Chasm Skulker. When Chasm Skulker dies create x one one squid creature tokens with island walk <laughs> where x is the number of plus one plus one counters on chasm skulker that guy's just good so you're drawing lots of cards and you're going to because you're playing blue green he's gonna like beat in for 8 10 12 18 however big it is until somebody's like okay i guess we gotta kill it and then you're like oh idiot like yeah <laughs> Get wrecked, scumbag. Yeah, like, heaven forbid you pump your whole team with something after you cast that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's a, that guy's a beating. You could, you could overrun or something with that and just win, right? You're not playing overrun, but you, you easily could. Sure I am. Give me time, Ryan. It's here. Okay, okay, it's here. okay. It, it's here. The uh, other the other sea creature. Our other sea creature is my boy, Nezahal, the primal type. Yeah, he's actually good. The more I see this creature played, every time I see him on the table, it makes me excited. I like this card a lot. This card reminds me a lot of, of course, Atali, because they're both powerful dinosaurs that like the game kind of warps around them. It reminds me of... Vivictus Asmati the Dire. The game just changes around this creature. And it's a it's a seven seven for seven. Can't be countered. Fine. You have no maximum hand size. Okay, good. Fine. Good with some card draw that we're gonna look at in a second. And you can whenever an opponent casts a non-creature spell, draw a card. What? That's good with your chasm skulker. But wait, there's more. And another card we're gonna talk about. But yeah, wait, there's more. Discard three cards, exile Nezahal. Return to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. You can dump Jank to protect this guy. Yeah. He is hard to kill, and he will beat the crap out of you. And he's he comes in at the beginning of the next end step, not your next end step. So, like, if you do it on somebody else's turn, you, you, you dive him down under the water is what you're doing. When he comes in at the end of their end step, he doesn't have summoning sickness on your turn. So good. Yeah, this guy's good. Okay, back to the more tradition. Oh, wait, I guess we have one more big dude we want to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Galta, Primal Hunger. Yeah. 12-12 for 12, but like green-green 10. But Galta costs X less to cast, where X is the total power among creatures you control. So is if you can like land your Eryxmethes, because you're going to want Eryxmethes in play, and you just like cast spell, cast spell, cast spell, you incidentally make them a creature and they're like, oh, I guess I'm just going to take 12 next turn. Big deal, right? Like I'm not going to die. And then you just drop a Galt over two and now you're representing 24 damage on the battlefield. That's going to kill somebody. That seems good. It's not bad at all. All right, we'll go back to the more typical thing. We're playing Frilled Mystic and Mystic Snake. Those are creatures. They enter the battlefield. They counter target spell. We are playing Krufix, God of Horizons. Oh, man, this card is so awesome. It, it, it Krufix favors the long game, and I think Eryxmethes, despite being like a one or two hit chump, favors the long game as well. Because he, no, he has no evasion, he has no trample. you got to get in there for damage on one person two times to kill them. Yes, and uh, they, they just play nice together. Uh, blue, green, three, four, seven, indestructible god, isn't a creature unless your devotion to green and blue is seven. No max hand size. Great. If unused mana would empty from your mana pool, that mana becomes colorless instead. That's really good with something like, say, a bunch of creatures that untap your land that 
become untapped with a Merkfiend Liege every turn, or with something like a Seedborn Muse, where you yeah. can come back around and now you've got 22 colorless mana to play with. Yeah, and you know what? I, I Throughout my notes, I've got things highlighted. Where's the payoff? Where's the payoff? We haven't we haven't identified the payoff yet, and I've got some suggestions. Maybe if if whatever payoff you had in your mind isn't payoffy enough. Okay. Okay. Now, normally Brando would just play Genesis Wave with that. Yes. Not today. Not today. There's no Genesis Wave in this deck. Sure. Okay. Next up, we have Manglehorn. Oh baby. Two two for three. Enters the battlefield. Destroy target artifact. Already yeah. good. Already. You'd, you'd great, already play that. It's a great creature. Yeah. Also. Artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just good-ass creature. It's just a good, good card. How about Peer, the Imaginative Rascal? Yeah, okay, so he partners with Toothy Imaginary Friend as well. So they, when you play one, you can search your library for the other and put it into your hand. I didn't count it in your tutor slot. Nor should you. Because it only searches, they only search for each other. Anyways, Toothy, or sorry, Peer, 1-1 one, one for 3, Enter or uh, if a counter would be placed onto a permanent you control, you put one more of that counter. Now, shitty is when a Rixmathies comes into play, he gets an additional slumber counter. <laughs> is it a, is is Pierre's ability a mate? No. Oh, yeah, no, no. You get that many plus one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no. So like a little bit of a non-bow there, but it's really good with Chasm Skulker. And it's really good with a couple other things that are going to come. Yeah, Chasm Skulker is just oh, sort of, kind of, like Toothy. And Toothy is a 1-1 one, one for 4, uh, blue 3, partners with Peer. But whenever you draw a card, you put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it. Kind of like Chasm Skulker. Yeah. Or, sorry, exactly like Chasm Skulker. It's exactly Skulker. the same. Okay, so what do we get this time? It's uh, when he leaves the battlefield. That means back to your hand, ex anywhere. If he goes away. Oh, baby. Yeah. You draw cards for every counter on him. Oh, oh baby. And then if you got a Chasm Skulker out, then your Chasm Skulker gets way bigger. Whoa! So, <laughs> so you could, good. You could, yes, you could double the size of your Chasm Skulker by doing that. Yeah, super good. Incidental interactions. I love that shit. Yeah, yeah, you could represent, again, you could represent like 20 or 10 damage with your Chasm Skulker. Then you just go toothy. And then you go Rishgar's Expertise. Draw a ton of cards. And then you make your Chasm Skulker a... 2020, and then you bounce your toothy and you make them a 30 30. Die. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the last creature is Vorinclex, Voice of Hunger. Oh, yeah. This is kind of staxy, like your Manglehorn. Yeah. I wonder if that's how you're going to control the board. Maybe. If you listen to the pre show, you would know this already. Yeah. Uh, he's eight drop, seven six trample, a trampy. Whenever you tap a land for mana, it doubles. Uh, no. You get one extra. You get one extra. So Vorinclex would give you three. Sorry. Eryxmathies would, would give you three. would give you three. Yeah. That's actually good. That's very good. When he's a land. Yeah. When he's a creature, he gives you two. <laughs> Weak, Mr. David. Yeah, and when your opponent taps a land, it doesn't untap the next turn. Ha! <laughs> and, that, and that counts even if Vorinclex dies. Yes. So if somebody goes big and play, has like Decree of Annihilation to take out your... All that, all that shit's tapped down now. Nobody plays that except for you. <laughs> well, they should. That card's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the creature suite. Uh, sweet, sweet. Thank you. Should we move on to some instants? Instants, or as I like to put a Y at the end of everything, insties. I like that. I actually like that one, too. <laughs> All right, we got Beast Within. That destroys target permanent, gives them gives that 
person a beast. First time I have ever put this card in an EDH deck. No. This is the first time I've ever played this card. No, it's not. It is. You're such a bullshitter. No, it is. Really? First time. What's, what's the are, card? Are you, is everybody ready for this? Is everybody ready for this? Counterspell. Counterspell. Yeah. You don't. No. Really? Yeah. Blue, blue. Counter target spell. Get wrecked, newbie. There it is. Cyclonic Rift. That bounces a thing or bounces all the things? Days. What in the actual? What is? That doesn't belong in this deck. When you see the enchantment section, you will see how Days becomes a much better spell. Because I didn't want to put in Force of Will because it costs too much money. Yeah, that is a thing. Okay, so Days is blue one counter target spell unless its controller pays one. That sounds like Force Spike. But there's more. You may return an island you control to its owner's hand rather than pay Days' mana cost. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Yeah. When you... Oh, dude. Have you ever seen somebody get dazed in Commander? No. Oh, my God. (laughs) It is like... Okay, so when somebody Force Spikes, or worse, Mana Tithes, which is the white Force Spike, right? it's, it's like blowout city like you got <laughs> tapped you tapped out and can't pay the one and got destroyed and got destroyed force of will does the same thing but days Ooh. i'm tapped out but return an island to daze you and you tapped out to play your finisher oh <laughs> you are just you have to quit playing that ma- you have to quit magic forever <laughs> you have to go be Gollum in the mountains because you got dazed <laughs> goodbye <laughs> so that wins you the game oh 100 percent days can win you the game but Excellent. it's so narrow that it's fucking terrible unless it wins you the game <laughs> <laughs> all right next up we have evacuation that bounces every creature for five mana now here's why i didn't have money left to play force of will i play a mana drain oh blue blue counter target spell at the beginning of your next main phase Next, your next main phase. So if you counter it on your turn in like combat, you get it next main phase. Yeah. You get mana equal to that spell's converted mana cost. This is a powerful card. It's very good. That card, the the power level of this card is too damn high. <laughs> it's very good. How about Pact of Negation? You, dude, you are just countering everything. Zero. Counter target spell. Lose the game at your next upkeep unless you pay blue, blue, three. Ooh, that's fine. You can do it. I remind. What, who did I remind? I reminded Evan the other day when we were playing. I was like, "Do you remember you got to pay that?" He's like, "Thank you." <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. Good guy Ryan reminds you to pay pact. <laughs> yeah. How about Swan Song? Uh, counter target enchantment, instant or sorcery spell. Its controller gets a two-two bird creature token, and that costs blue. That's a good card. Yeah. And this this one is entirely arbitrary because we're allowed one tutor. I figure let's just play a tutor, and I picked worldly tutor. Yeah, green, search for a creature, put it on top. What so do you find? Do you find Galta? Do you find Chasm Skulker? You find Galta, you find Nezahal, you find whatever you need. You probably find Toothy or Peer, and then you find Toothy or Peer. Yeah. That's fine. That's that's okay. That's good advantage. How about some sorceries? Yeah, only three. Just three sorceries. They're good, though. I think. Yeah, these, yeah, these are good sorceries. We have Hour of Promise. Yeah, this is five mana Primeval Titan without a body. so it's uh, green four search your library for up to two land cards put them onto the battlefield tap then shuffle your library that's any land then if you control three or more deserts (laughs) create two black zombies spoiler there's no deserts 
Wait, no, there is one. There's one desert. There is one desert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could probably jam like the green one that has the other effect and the green cycling one and the green and blue cycling ones just to maybe get zombies. Yeah, you could do that. I doubt you'd ever search for those with this. There's some utility lands that get your your Nez, not your Nezahal. Well, it wouldn't make Nezahal get in there too. Your Rixmithies. There's a couple of lands that let you get him in. There's a Rogue's Passage. Oh, yeah, that's a, right. There's a Manamo School at Water's Edge that untaps target legendary. So you can use it oh, to untap yeah. here. Oh, yeah, because Eryxmethes is still legendary even if he's uh, a, a land. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually good. So it's cool. Uh, we have Rishgar's expertise. Yes, aforementioned when I was talking about Chasm Skulker and uh, Toothy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. It, it's six mana. Draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. Then you can cast a five drop for free. Is it a picture of a horse or a picture of a tree? That is a tree horse. That's what I'm. That's what I'm calling it. And it has Rishkar riding on its head. Look real close. Oh shit! That's awesome. Blew your mind. You know what? I just painted that card. I spent like hours looking at it very up close. <laughs> <laughs> Neat. And the last one is Sky Shroud Claim. Yeah, this is fine. It's four mana. Search for two forests. Put them into play. Doesn't have to be basic forests. Correct. Just forests. That's why that one's good. Okay, now let's get into the some of the dirt sandwichy stuff and talk some enchantments. Yeah, let's, uh, dude, come on. Yeah, some of these are gonna hurt your feelings, and I'm sorry. We're gonna start with asceticism. This doesn't hurt my feelings, other than the price because it's expensive. Yeah, I didn't realize that until I put it in. I was like, oh shit, that's I, fine. Yeah, man, that's fine. Whatever, cut it then. Like, who cares? Yeah, five drop creatures you control have uh, hexproof, right? Yep. And you can go green one regenerate target creature. It's just a good card. Yeah, that's actually that's good. a great card, especially when your deck is focused on keeping a couple of creatures of a a couple of creatures alive, so that you can win with them. Yeah, especially when your deck is like um, your opponents are holding up removal for when a Rixmithies turns into a creature. Then you're like, oh, two counters left. I'll go asceticism. Uh, you suck. And yeah. Then I'll, then I'll transform. Then I'll kill you. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. Yeah, and when you see the next card, you'll see why people are holding up stuff to kill stuff that you're doing. Yeah, and this is a non-bow with him. It is. Give, unless, it a, give it a read. Unless you have six creatures that untap him. Back to basics. <laughs> six creatures that just untap him. Duh. <laughs> it's a three-drop enchantment. Non-basic lands don't untap during their controller's untap phase. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, but, what if what if somebody just drops a blood moon, and then they just untap all their mountains? Then they have a bunch of mountains, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, blood moon's a beating no matter how you look at it. I have burgeoning. Whenever an opponent plays a land, you can play a land. That goes good with days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that good. where you're going with that? Yeah, and I'm playing 40 land in the deck. Yeah. Well, 39 and a Rixmithies. Yeah. <laughs> 40. Carpet of Flowers. Carpet of Flowers. You're going all CEDH on me. Well, when you're building a deck like this, you just you need mana. You, you need mana. You need mana, so we got to get it. What's the most important thing in the game? Mana. Mana, yeah. Okay, so green, during your main phase. During uh, one of your main phases, right? Like you get to pick? Uh, yes. Um, you get X mana of one color equal to the number of islands somebody controls. Target opponent. It can't be you. Yes, yeah. correct. But usually you're going to get one, two out of that. Usually. Yeah, like every turn. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and it's free. After you spend the mana and play the card. Yeah, you're mana positive on your second main phase. You drop it main phase one, go to combat, come back main phase two. It's already giving you your mana back. Maybe more if you've gone second and the blue player went first. Yes. So good. Embargo. 
<laughs> what the hell is this mask chaff? It's four <laughs> drop. It's blue th- blue three. Non-land permanents, non-land permanents don't untap during their controller's untap step. Okay, so sh- stuff stays tapped. Everything stays tapped? Yeah, non- non-land. So only lands untap. Everything else stays tapped. Okay, and then at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose two life. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. That, that'll stave off. You know, we talk about long game, right? If you just need a couple turns to grow your Toothy and your Chasm Skulker, or because your land's on tap, if you just want to cast like instants and sorceries for a couple turns just to kind of protect yourself and transform your Eryxmethes, that'll that'll do it. It'll stave off aggro decks for a little bit. Yeah. It's pretty good. Somebody will destroy that. Oh, yeah. And 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 you're playing a lot of really good enchantments in this deck, and this one will suck out that enchantment removal every time. Yeah, because nobody can play the game. Exactly. Okay. People hate... I even hate this card. When I looked at it, I was like, oh, should I play this? And then I thought, well, I'm already doing it. Let's just do it. Yeah, I'm already... I'm already I'm, I'm already jamming free counter spells. <laughs> How about From Beyond? Uh, this is a four drop. It gives you an Eldrazi Scion that you can sack for a mana, right? And you can also go... Green one, sack from beyond, search your library for an Eldrazi card. Are you playing any? No. Okay, so you're just using it for Scions. Yep. I would you I would play the other one that costs three Awakening Zone. Yep. But this one gives you guys with power. Yeah, and fine. I think the one extra for mana is one extra power. mana. Like, do you get in a couple damage with the Scions as opposed to the spawns? Yes. You probably do, yeah. I hope so, yeah. Next up, Miri's Guile. Yeah, this is kind of like Sensei's Divining Top. It's like, yeah. It's green. During your upkeep, look at the top three cards of your library, put them back in any order. I think I'm the one person on the earth that's kind of sad that this got released in foil recently. It's like, it's like one of the new judge foils or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah, it's like I have one in my Omnath deck, and I'm working on foiling that, and it's so much money to foil that deck because lands are expensive. <laughs> yeah. And now there's another goddamn high-end card that it's like, oh. Do you, actually- play, do you play Sylvan Library? Yes. Um, in Omnath. Yes. I was talking to a guy in Calgary who was playing Miri's Guile, and I was like, uh, do you play Sylvan Library? He said, no. He said, it's, it's too much money. And Miri's Guile's like worth lots of money too. Yeah. And I was like, what's better? And then another guy was like, wait, are you are you serious? One says draw cards. One says put them back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, oh, yeah, Miri's Guile is not as good. Yeah, Miri's Guile, I think it's maybe just expensive because it's hard to get. Yes. And it's got a really cool effect. In green. Yes. Yeah. So there it is. I might even cut the Miri's Guile just to get something else. But I certainly won't cut it for a mist of stagnation. No, I don't even know what this does. This is from Judgment, so you know it's going to be good. Uh, Blue, blue, three. Permanents don't untap during their controller's untap step. (laughs) Kaboom. (laughs) This is all permanents now? All of them. Okay, but wait, there's more. more. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player untaps a permanent of each card in his or her graveyard permanence for each card in oh graveyard. so if you're if oh. you're if you're if your bin's loaded up this card doesn't do anything if your bin is empty this card does everything then it does everything so it, like if i got five things in my graveyard i can untap five things that is correct uh i don't have to target those things to untap them right no also correct um and it's not i untap a thing for each thing I have, like a land for each land in my graveyard. That's right. You untap a permanent for each card present in your graveyard. Weird. It's a weird card. Yeah. But I, I like. I think that this is one of those kind of a fair effects that are 
it gets worse as the game goes on, and it comes in when it's already kind of poopy. Yeah, it comes in on turn five. Mind you, if you get, like, a Rix with these turn two, you could have this on turn three. And yeah. how many cards are in graveyards on turn three? Not very many. And all you have to do is maybe, like, I don't know, Miri's Guile, Mystic Remora is the next card. Like, all you have to do is hit your land drops and cast one drops to to tick a Rixsmithies down to maybe start beating because yeah. they're just going to have tap creatures. That's right. Like, you're going to have to force somebody to untap a creature instead of a land with your Mist of Stagnation so they don't eat 12. Yeah. That's 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 good. It's good. All right. And then Mr. Cremora. Everybody knows Mr. Cremora, right? Yeah. Cast a, opponent casts a thing. They pay four or you draw a card. It's got cumulative upkeep one. It's so good. Nature's will. I had to read this one. So uh, green, green, two. Uh, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, tap all lands that player controls. <laughs> and untap all lands you control. Yeah. What? <laughs> so good. So if getting punched for 12 inches of a Rixmithies wasn't enough... Tap all your lands. I'm gonna tap untap all mine. And by the way, we're playing we're playing Rising Waters. Your lands don't untap now. And <laughs> and we're playing Rhystic Study Mystic Remora. So if you do manage to like untap a couple lands, are you gonna pay one? Yeah. Or four? <laughs> I'll just draw two cards. Thanks. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I said we're playing Rising Waters. Lands don't untap during your control. There's untap steps at the beginning of each player's upkeep. You untap a land. Yeah, you get one untap. Yeah. What's the next card? It actually, this is actually good. Song of the Dryads, because it makes their commander into a land. <laughs> 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 you, you're like, okay, three mana. Tap my land commander, a Rixmithies. <laughs> Song of the Dryads, make your commander a land commander, <laughs> a land commander. <laughs> Oh, oh no. Landmander Tribal. Oh. I want to do this. You could just jam this full of copy enchantment effects. and Well, there's only a couple of those, but... Whatever. Whatever. Landmander Tribal. <laughs> Everybody's commanders are lands. <laughs> and then we got, uh, lastly, Wilderness Reclamation. Oh, this is another untappy, tappy one, right? Yep. Four mana. At the beginning of your end step, untap all lands you control. So it gets you around all of the lands staying tapped business plus gives you response for your counter magic as yeah. you move along in the game yeah tap out and then end of turn untap everything let's do some artifacts sure how about you lump together the uh the uh the mana rocks and then we'll get into some of the specifics okay we got commander sphere dreamstone hedron simic signet sol ring thran dynamo that is all yeah and just of note commander sphere and dreamstone hedron do let you draw cards because uh, i think late in the game here's my notes uh Mana ramp, rocks, rituals, dorks, whatever you want to call them. There's 25 extra ways to make mana in this deck, other than your 39 lands. That's lots. There's lots of mana. So if you've got a, a, a surplus, a plethora. Ooh, I like that word. Yeah, if you are on the upper echelon of mana production, <laughs> you can just cash in that Dreamstone Hedron for three cards. Very good. Yeah, and and the Commander Sphere, you sack it to draw one card. Also good. Now, what do we do if your opponent has their own Dreamstone Hedron, Ryan? We kill switch. You're goddamn right. We kill switch. Yeah. Two tap tap all our tap all other artifacts. They don't untap as long as kill switch remains tapped. But the, but it untaps on your turn, so all of your shit gets untapped. Yeah. So dirty. That is so dirty. That's Null Rod's shitty baby brother. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. You know what we're talking about next week is um. 
uh, Null Rod Planeswalker in Karn. Ooh. Ooh, straight into vintage, dude. Neat. <laughs> straight into vintage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next artifact with Orb of Dreams. So this is the start. This is this is it. This is the start of the stack. Yeah. S- uh, the stacks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, newsflash, we're not playing Smoke Snack. We're not playing Smokestacks. We're playing a couple of stacks pieces just because it's a land denial control deck. I'm not good at playing control. Okay. And so when I build a control deck, I try to build it so that the counter spell decisions that you have to make in a control deck are easier. And the way to make things easier is make it so people can just do less stuff. That makes sense. If you can do less, you're going to want to only do the most powerful. Now, I know that that line of that logic is it's a fallacy because you're going to want to do the most powerful thing all the time anyways mostly right um if you have a finite number of counter spells and you're trying to control the whole table and people are doing less stuff they're going to want to do their more powerful stuff more (laughs) (laughs) so yeah things like orb of dreams three mana permanence coming to play tapped okay just makes the decisions a little bit easier yeah okay let's and it gives you a turn Right. If yeah. you you can decide, okay, can I can I transform a Rixmithies and kill this guy before that thing untaps, and save my counter spell? Yeah. Right. Or does like if that was player one, player two still has to go, player three still has to go. You've got like a Rixmithies on one counter and a counter spell in your hand. Orb of Dreams. Player one's shit enters battlefield tapped. Don't counter it. You can kill him next turn as long as you counter player two or three's spell. Yeah. You counter that spell, transform a Rixmithies, your go, kill player one. Right? So it, it, yeah, I think it does make it a little bit easier. It just makes the lines of play a little bit simpler for somebody like me that doesn't play a lot of control. Okay. Now, the the only thing before we, maybe we can get into a little bit of the, the strategy here while we're discussing the cards. If you try to stacks too hard, you're just going to just eat it. Oh, yeah, you're just going to get your shit It's going to turn in. into, yeah, three on one, right? Because Absolutely, immediately. people like to play magic. They, yeah. they don't like to not play magic. That is correct. Right? So if you go, I call them, what do I call them? Your orbs and spheres? You just yep. land all your orbs and spheres and then you're just going to get destroyed. Yeah, then you just get wiped out. So you just kind of, you know, you use them to ease the pain a little bit and then maybe don't be that guy and play more of them that's the way i like to play decks like this. i think you use them in this deck just to slow the game down just a touch like if if you're running at um 1.0 speed you land a couple orbs or spheres or just one and you move to like 0.9 speed you move 90 percent of how fast you normally play a game of magic you're you're playing it at 90 percent and that gives you the extra maybe one round of the table to tick down your Rixmithies, eliminate a threat, create an opening, do whatever you need to do, right? Dude that went first gets the advantage because he gets the access to the most mana on each turn, while Orb of Dreams kind of negates that advantage a little bit. Yeah, I think that that's fine. I think that a lot of the Orbs and Spheres are going to eliminate the advantage of going first, eliminate the advantage of somebody having more cards than you. Yeah, and that's what that's, we, that's that's what the stack strategy does. Yeah, right. That's should, what it does. Should we go over the rest of the orbs and spheres quick? Sure. We play a few of them. We play static orb. That is uh, as long as it's untapped, y- uh, players can only 
untap two permanents during their untap step? Yes. You just untap maybe a Rixmathese because he gives you two mana, and you untap something else that lets you untap him again. Exactly. So you have you... access to four mana. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. We have Tangle Wire. Fading four. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player untaps only things equal to the fade counters on it? No, actually, at, at the beginning of each player's upkeep, you tap an untapped artifact, creature, or land for each fade counter on it. Uh, okay, so I so you play it. It's got four fade counters. I go, I untap everything, then I tap four things. That's right. Then I tap three things next turn. Two things, one thing, zero things, then it dies. And if we play peer, you tap five things. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So this is incremental advantage. Uh, next thing, we got a Trinisphere. Trini. I like this one in this deck. Super good in this deck. We were talking about it on the pre-show. Three drop. Things that cost less than three just cost three now. Yeah, and there's not a lots of stuff in this deck is three and up. So it's just it's making everybody play your game. My our deck is kind of slow. Now everybody's deck is slow. Yeah, and you know what? If you've got like okay, it makes your counter spell into cancel, which is actively bad. Yeah. Uh okay, fine. But you're playing okay. It makes your mana drain into cancel but then you're going to get mana back yeah or if you've got like your winter orb and access to four mana with a rixmithies and an untapper um counter spell for three, three. is okay because you're generally going to like blow somebody out because they're trying to do their best thing and then you're still going to have one mana left one colored mana left over from a rixmithies to cast your worldly tutor or cast your burgeoning that you drew last turn or something right you're going to you're going to have somewhere to put that mana yeah and the last one Ryan just alluded to it winter orb uh, as long as it's untapped players can only untap one land sorry what was the other one that we were talking about not winter orb the other orb static, static orb. orb static orb lets you untap two yeah yeah okay Okay, other artifacts that we have. Should we hit on those? Sure, let's just blow through them. Yeah, man, they're easy. Sensei's Divining Top. That lets you spin the top, look at the top three, you can draw a card. Fine. Sword of Feast and Famine. Ooh, this is a good one. It makes your whoever protection from green, protection from black, plus two, plus two. Untap all your lands when the creature hits, and the defending player discards a card. Super good. It untaps all your land. That's the key. I think it's my favorite... Uh, it, it, I think it's the best. Sword. I think it's my favorite sword. I think it's it, so good. It's it is excellent. It's good in our meta, and it's so god dang excellent. It's just strong. Yeah, and we play three planeswalkers in this deck. Ooh, do they give us land or untap things? Yes. Okay. Okay, we play flare. Flare. Yes. That's uh, that's Brando's tongue actually got stuck in between his teeth for Freyly's Landwar's fury. Five drop, three loyalty, plus two, you get a Llanowar Elf. Minus two, destroy target artifact or enchantment. That's disenchant. Uh, minus six, draw cards for each green creature you control. That's uh, fine. All of those are good. All of those abilities are excellent. One gives you mana and a dude. One disenchants, one draws cards. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're ever locked under one of your own stacks pieces, she can get rid of them. Yeah. Like you can you can reset stuff. You can if you're trying to make an alliance with somebody at the table to stop somebody from doing something, like, okay, I'm gonna get rid of my orb of dreams, just don't mess with me. Yeah, or or Brando can't do anything because he's under his own orb. Fraley. Yeah, Manglehorn does the same thing. Yeah, balls that. Yeah, it's good. Uh next up we have Garrick Wildspeaker. Four drop, three loyalty, plus one, untap two lands. Yeah. Minus one. You get a three three beast. Yeah. Minus four, 
overrun. There's the overrun, plus three, plus three, and trample to your whole team. So god dang excellent after a Chasm Skulker. How do they work with Peer? When you activate their abilities, do they get an additional loyalty counter? It actually puts an extra one on, right? Because you the you're fine, you're paying the cost, but to pay the cost, you put a counter on a permanent you control. So you put an additional counter on a permanent you control. Oh, that's good. Yes. That is good. Okay, so it's not like doubling season where they come into play and then they double the counters then, but when you activate the ability, they just get the number. I don't think that peer... Because um, peer is worded slightly differently. Peer is worded differently. You don't double anything with peer. You just add an extra one without reading peer again right off the top of my head. I don't know if your Planeswalker enters with an extra one, but I know when you put a counter on a Planeswalker you control as part of acting activating its ability... You actually put an extra one on. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Speak, speaking of planeswalkers, we're also playing Kiora, Master of the Depths. Now, there's like 85 Kioras. Uh, I don't know what any of them do. This is four mana, four loyalty, plus one. Untap a land and what is it? What? It untaps a land and a creature. So it untaps a Rixmathies and a creature that will untap a Rixmathies. Or if a Rixmathies is a creature, you just untap him and a land. Yes. Okay. She's minus minus two. You reveal the top four cards of your library, put a creature and or land from among them into your hand, the rest into your bin. Minus eight, you get an emblem that whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may have it fight another creature, and you get three eight-eight octopuses. Oh. Wow. <laughs> that seems convenient. <laughs> yeah. You just kill three things with those big octopuses? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so she's pretty good. Okay. Her plus one is what she's there for. It untaps a Rixmathies and a thing to untap a Rixmathies. Yeah, I think you just, you always plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one. You've got actually like six instances of card draw and there is some repeatable card draw in in the list. So, I mean, like, uh, you don't really need her minus ability. Do you? Not, not really. And other than that, that's the list. That's that's it except for some land. The land that we have in here that I think are of note that aren't just whatever. We have a deserted temple. It untaps target land. Yeah. I like um, your ancient tomb that actually gets you Eryxmethes on turn two. That's like Sol Ring 2. Yep. That's that's what it's there for. We've got a Rogue's Passage that allows your Eryxmethes to be unblockable. We've got a Manamo School at Water's Edge untaps a legendary permanent. We've got a Yavamaya Hollow, which regenerates a target creature. Yep. And we've got uh, a card that we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show during a different section in Scavenger Grounds. It uh, it exiles all cards from all desert, from all graveyards, from all deserts, from all deserts. <laughs> yeah. It is a desert that yeah. exiles all lands. Yeah, for from sure. All all graveyards. Okay. Well, here's what I got. Here's okay. here's what I don't think we identified, um, or what we didn't drive home really hard. Okay. Is where's the payoff? I know that you're. You're you're staxing yourself, right? So you're not necessarily going to have a ton of mana. But let's just say you draw, like, into the mana production side of your deck instead of drawing into the stack side of your deck, and you just have like 25 mana. Yeah. Where's it going? It feels bad. That's what that does. It, it does a little bit. Like, it just feels bad. Um, maybe where's the where's the blue sun zenith type effect? Or um, I know you you brought up Genesis Wave. Right? Where's the hurricane? Whatever. I mean, put whatever kind of X finisher you want in there for when you do happen to just have 25 mana. Yeah. Or your Chasm Skulker dies, where's the Crater Hoof? Right? Or, you, or you've got a Chasm Skulker, where's the Pathbreaker Ibex? 
that that makes all your team get plus 20 plus 20 that's pretty good too yeah those kinds of things um that's fine oh oh how about this where is the um what is it academy ruins that gets you an artifact from your graveyard on top of your library i think it's academy ruins Ooh, it's in my binder because again i'm already building a soft stacks deck mm. and when I build decks like this, especially for the show, I don't want to make the stacks portion of it be too resilient. I was going to say, where is your Academy Ruins to get your Dreamstone Hedron back every turn to draw four <laughs> cards a turn? <laughs> That's pretty good, That's too. That's probably fine. And it's not stacksy. It's just I want to draw four cards a turn. And who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, at the cost of like 12 mana. Whatever we have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? We've got Let's it. Untap our commander six times i'm always very careful when i build decks like this because i don't want people to look at it and say oh my god i don't want to hear about this like it's just it's there and it's a thing it's a necessary evil for how i have to play decks like this and i'd rather it be a little bit more flimsy and that way i get away with playing it yeah i think that's fine i mean here's the thing we're already breaking the lovable loser rule right like he's yeah. got more than 100 builds on edh rec i but mean we've got a We've got to break some rules. Did we talk about why he's a lovable loser on this, or was it on the pre-show? I think it was on the pre-show. Okay, so the reason that we're counting a Rick Smithies as a lovable loser, he does have more than 100 lists, as Ryan said, is this guy represents the card that you thought was great and awesome and fun, so you build it, and then as you tune the deck, you want it to be better, you want it to do more things, and then you end up cutting him for somebody better. Yeah. Like, Ryan cut his for Edric, Spymaster of Trest. Yeah, I just wanted to, like... Yeah. Yeah, like the deck just tuned into something else. And then you have this commander that just isn't good enough anymore. So he's, you love him because you built him and you had him and you had lots of fun with him. You have fond memories of playing with him. But now he's a big loser because he's not good enough. Yeah. So get this. This is this is how it happened, right? And I want to move right into like the, the potential suggestions I have for the deck. The the suggestions are based on my original Eryxmethes, which transformed into Edric. And you'll see why in a second. So Eryxmethy is very powerful, 12. You want to just hit somebody and kill them, right? Yeah. So I wanted to play uh, Triumph of the Hordes because it automatically just makes them get 12 Infect. Right. I want to play Berserk. I want to play um, Soul's Might. Yep. That's the double their power one, but you don't have to sacrifice it like Berserk. I think so, yeah. I want to play Fire Shrieker and Grappling Hook that give double strike to equipped creature. Okay cool but we got to make him a creature so how do we do that gataxian probe okay that uh, just a free instant or sorry free sorcery that lets you draw a card noxious oh, revival does the same thing noxious revivals on my list it gets you back your git probe so you could go like um git probe noxious revival getting back git probe draw a card git probe again and like all of a sudden you're your erixmithes only has two counters on it then you go ponder preordain brainstorm right counter 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 off 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 now you have a creature yeah right so you could do all of those things i like cloud of fairies snap peregrine drake turnabout and frantic search there's five cards right there that all untap land you control so you use erixmithies to cast them and then you untap your erixmithies and another land each or another land or more each time to net mana and you go from five counters to zero counters immediately pretty good and then you just berserk, then you kill them for twenty, like 24 commander damage, right? That, the however many cards I just rattled off there, including mana dorks and things like Concordant Crossroads, is literally just the skeleton of an Edric Spymaster of Trest deck. 
Yeah. So why don't I just play a three drop commander, one cheaper, that I can attack with and draw cards right on my commander? Yeah. Right? And that's what made Eryxmithes the lovable loser. Yeah. And then I tried to pick him up and give him some love and... Here's a different direction that we could have went with him. And I'm I'm digging it. I'm digging the untap him. I'm digging the Chasm Skulker and the Toothian Pier. I like all that. It feels very EDH to me where the way that my build went like in the CEDH direction, this is like the traditional EDH direction. Thanks. Yeah, man. I, I, I dig it. Cool. I would still run things like Boomerang Unsummon though. Just to get rid of like the one creature they have to block. When Eryxmethes is on one counter, you just go like boomerang your guy, remove my last counter, hit you for 12. Eat shit. <laughs> I, I still think that that's good. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. More spot removal could be a thing. Just, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm on a kick right now for, for interaction, I guess. Is I just, just want to interact. It's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Strengths and weaknesses? Strengths and weaknesses. Out of nowhere. Yeah. You just RKO your opponent. Absolutely. Yeah. They're on the diving board. They're getting ready to jump. Wham, they're in the pool. Boom. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Galta, Pier, Toothy, Chasm Skulker, backup. Ne- Nezahal. Nezahal backup. Right? Like, so you've got some pretty big beaters that you could maybe tutor for or draw into as backup. Eryxmethes has a gang, and they are mean. Yes. Uh, plays long game. It does. That's what it's for. Makes a lot of mana, potentially. Yes. If it doesn't, it'll like it'll lock people out. Yeah. Which, I mean, both of those are great in the long game. It'll either put you way ahead or just drag everybody down with you. Yeah. And then we touched on the, um, the interaction and removal that it has, like 11, I'm going to say counter spells are removal just for purposes of this show. There's 11 targeted removals, and then there's like five kind of mass removals. It's okay. That's, that's lots. Weaknesses. Stacks will get your dink stomped into the dirt if you stacks too hard. Yes. you um, got to be real careful playing decks like Here's this. the thing. Here, this is the stacks spectrum. You can stacks a little bit, and it doesn't really do anything other than make you annoying, and then it gets destroyed. You stacks a little bit harder, and it annoys people until you're dead. Then you stacks a little bit harder, and... Nobody's having fun. Nobody's having fun. And that's, <laughs> right? I think that's the level that you want it. You can annoy people into attacking you because it, it's an interactive game still, but I think once everybody's locked out and they're still annoyed and there's nothing they can do about it, I don't like to reach that stage. Dude, I actually like, you know what I like? An, uh, stacks people into attacking you to try and Brando removal you, right? So they tap out all their creatures. Then you go like, spell, spell, spell. Die. Take 12. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine, right? Yeah, that's what they, the deck does. They can't They can't kill you for playing stacks if you just commander damage them to death. Yeah, if you waste them. And yeah. it's, hard to ra- it's hard to race something that only has to hit you twice, no matter how much life you have. Yeah, and he, he, you, you triggered me with the word waste. And my weakness is vulnerable to strip and waste land effects. Yeah. And um, that's why the instant speed nature of uh, spells is so important to Eryxmethes. Like somebody drops a strip mine and goes, kill your Eryxmethes, and you go, okay, kill Eryxmethes on the stack. You just go instant, 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 instant. He's a creature. Yeah. Then he then he doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Last weakness. Hard to insta-creach. Yes. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't have the insta-creach. Surprise, I'm a 12-12 in this deck. You're really relying on some of your stacks pieces to just hold them there. And then you can just sit with the Rick Smithies on one counter until everybody's kind of hosed, 
then you bring them out, bang, 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 and you win. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's for. Okay, moving in to your favorite section. What do you got this week for card of the week? Or as you like to say, card of the week. week. This week, I actually picked a card that I think really should not only go in more decks than it does, but should go, I don't want to say every deck. But you, I th- this you, is a card you ever, that... You ever listen to CMDR Central, Dana Roach, and FU Max Crandell? This is a card that you could play in every deck you ever build forever. Most likely. And it's Scavenger Grounds. Yeah. It's a land, taps for one colorless, or two, tap, sack a desert. It is a desert. Exile all cards from all graveyards. So if it's the only desert, you just sack it. Yeah, it's a... it's. It's the graveyard hate that you need to pack in EDH in, or in most other formats. It sits there, it does what you want a land to do, and then it has a really cool upside later on in the game when somebody's trying to Balthor combo Ooh. or or, uh, or whatever, you know, just whatever. reanimate. Yeah, just get shit out of their graveyard all the time. You know, you know what? F that. Let's put an end to that right now. Oh, your <laughs> Eldrazi <laughs> Titan's going to shuffle your library. But no, get rid of that. You sounded like an old crotchety mom, hey? Put an end to that. Yeah, put, get out of my face with your shit. Uh, the one that I played in this deck, uh, it's a foil one. They're 450 American or 200 Canadian for a foil <laughs> one. Or you can go out and get them for a buck and a half or That's $10 fine. Canadian. Yeah. They're, but they're, they're a good card. Pick them up. I highly recommend you have a few of them around in any deck that you're going to go play in the wild. I think that they're worth having in there. Yes. You can judge playing them on your own play group, of course, with how, you know, with how much desert, desert graveyard interaction you're going to want. But when you go out in the wild, you're going to run into people who use their graveyard. Scavenger Grounds will get them. Yeah, for sure. Milk List? Milk List. Today... We are doing uh, Melkless on green blue. So that is as per EDHREC.com, the most popular cards at each converted mana cost slot from zero to ooh, sixteen again today. Oh shit. I wonder what that's gonna be. Oh, God damn it. Uh f- today for Simic, or as the kids say, Hard Arrhythmius these. I don't know what the hell that means. Hard arrhythmia. These. Oh, <laughs> You made that's what the deck list is called. Yeah. You made it all one word. I sure did. I couldn't didn't I just couldn't my brain couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At the zero drop slot, your favorite card, ever flowing chalice. Absolutely not. Okay. At the one drop slot, Sol Rank. Always. Yeah, of course. And we always do the other one drops. Lanamore Elf? No. No. Rapid hybridization. No. No. Okay, at the two drop slot. Simic Signet. Yes. Yes. Three drop. Cultivate. No. No, but you are playing a beast within. That's number three, but we don't count it. Explosive Veg. No. Really? Yeah, I don't I don't understand why that one got so popular. Skyshot claim is just better. Yeah. I think. Sure. Okay, let's uh Urban Evolution at five. Nah. Prime Speaker Zagana at six. Nah. Avenger of Zendi. Nope. Crater Hoof. Nope. Not terrible. Artisan of Kozlek at nine. Nope. Ulamog? Nope. Temporal Trespass at 11. No way. That's that's a Edric thing. Not playing it. 12 is Enter the Infinite. Nope. 13, Emrakul. Nope. 16, Draco. Duh, no. One Milkless match? Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm looking at top three cards, and uh, we, we are playing a lot that are in the top three, but we're not counting them. No, nah, they don't count unless they're the number one. Yeah, one Milkless match? Good on you. That's pretty good. It's all right. Okay. Final segment, Spice 
calculator. Spice calculator. Statistically, how spicy is this deck? Let's find out. Okay. Now, let me just start by saying, if we made the changes that I suggested with like the ponders, the preordains, the git probes and stuff, blah, blah, blah. If we didn't add any tutors, we just added five of maybe the 10 cards I suggested. We'd still have a spice rating of 57. Because the cards I suggested still aren't Sea Monster Tribal, which seems to be like the de facto way to build the deck. Sure. Cool. So even if we changed it to be a little bit more instant speed interacty, yep. still 57. Not too bad. Not what you did, though. Not what I did. Okay, so let's break it down. 240 lists on EDHREC.com. That's not too bad. That puts him... 13th among Simics. So that's just below... Casido Orochi Archmage. <laughs> why why is that even so high? And Toothy and Peer. Huh. Okay, fine. So he's in good company. I see. Okay. Well, <laughs> Toothy and Peer's good. Yeah. They're just new. Okay. Average CMC 3.14. It's about where you want to live in a casual game at EDH. Yep. Tutors. You plan one if you don't count Toothy and Peer. Uniqueness rating. Cards different than the stock, like homepage on EDHREC.com. Here we go. 44 cards different. Hell yeah. Yeah, that is like 85% of your cards. That's how we do it. That's how we do. You punch it all in, you get a 62 spicy. Yes! That is like spicy with honors. It's spicy to the max. That's, That's habanero flakes in your cheese. Yes. Well, that doesn't make the cheese very hot. I bought some. It was a letdown. <laughs> very excellent. Okay. That's the deck. What do you think? Give us give us a rundown one more time. I want to say personally thank you to the Discord members and the patrons again because I actually had a lot of fun with that this week. You guys were my entertainment instead of the other way around. <laughs> uh, so thank you. And uh, Brando can give us the giveaway rundown one more time and final thoughts of the day. All right, Alesha, who smiles at Artifacts Deck giveaway will be giving that away at the end of next week's episode. Is that is that what it is? We've got one more lovable loser? Yeah, we one more lovable loser, and let's give it away during that show. Let's give it away at the end of that show. So you've got one more week to interact with us anywhere on social media. Go check out Commander's Brew. Tell them we sent you. Give them a big F you over there, and you'll be entered to win that deck. We'll be sending it out, announcing a winner at next week's show. As for this deck, I tried really hard to build something that was something that was controly and Voltroni that I could play and still have it make sense in my mind, and that always kind of goes to stacks, so I apologize to you for that. But I think I did end up making something that was very casual EDH in spite of the stacks nature of it, and was something that would be really fun and interesting to play, and give you a lot of build potential if you wanted to actually create a more control based control slash combo deck out of this and still beat wholesale ass with the 12 12 still have beaten wholesale asses with 12 12s yeah apart from that i also want to say thank you to all the patrons and all the members of cco nation that have spent time interacting with us both since we've gotten back from calgary at calgary on discord on email all those people you make doing all of the hard work that we do for this show less work and a lot more fun than i think that a lot of other people have doing this kind of thing and we will continue doing it on the next episode of Commander Cookout Podcast. Hit our theme song! Ooh.